Hello, everyone, and welcome to AI and the Future of Tourism. This is a four-part TQ podcast series exploring generative AI use cases in tourism, powered by Singapore Tourism Board. My name is Andrea Hack. I'm the branded content editor at The Next Web and the host and producer of this show. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to create a generative AI strategy. Some key takeaways you can expect include what a generative AI strategy consists of, how to get started, some of the biggest pitfalls, and some interesting use cases to inspire you. To discuss this topic, we're joined by Tony Carney, principal at the Forward Pocket and the creator of the Everything AI and Travel newsletter. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrea. Really nice to be here, and thanks very much for the invitation to chat. So could you maybe start off by telling us a bit about your background as a consultant in the travel industry? I spent uh, quite a long time at the uh, tour operator called Intrepid Travel, so global tour operator based in Australia. And in my time there, I did a few different things. Um, I set up the Middle East region for them, um, actually started as a tour guide. And then I uh, started as an entrepreneur and built a uh, startup inside that company. And that became the third strategic pillar of that business. And along that journey, I um, joined the global leadership team. And, and so like had a really great career at a, at a really fabulous company. And then at the end of 2020, um, obviously in the depths of the pandemic, you know, obviously travel wasn't happening and, um, and the opportunity came around to take a redundancy. And so I did. And from there, I went and did three things that kind of really changed, you know, um, my career path in a, in a massive way. Um, the first was I joined a team and went through a startup accelerator. And then I went and studied product management back at university. And then I joined a loyalty tech startup business. And through all those three experiences, I, I just learned so much. And when I look back to travel, I thought that there's so much that I've learned here that I can now go back and apply to the travel industry and some of the problems that I'd seen that companies were having over my journey in that time. And I thought it's a, an excellent opportunity. And of course, around that time, you know, a year ago, almost today, generative AI came out and uh, I was doing some consulting already with some, uh, with some clients and it became the number one question that people were asking about. And so I thought I better learn uh, what, what this, what's happening here and, 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 and so that I've got some good answers when, um, when the clients need that information and, and from there, that's where the, the consultancy is basically gone. Uh, most of the work I do now is in, in that space around generative AI and the opportunities that are, that are available there. It's interesting that you say a lot of your clients are already asking for advice on how to adopt this technology. What do you think um, it is about, about this technology, which is really um, having such a huge impact already on the travel industry? I think it's kind of one of the most exciting times in my business life. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm 50 years old. And um, so the, there was the advent of the internet and that was pretty cool. And, and this is kind of the next really exciting thing that, that's come along that can really change and shape the way a business operates. And why it's so exciting and, and so powerful is that we've got people that have a deep understanding and appreciation of their businesses. And it's really the first time in history where they can now take a software approach but without knowing how to code to solve some of those problems. And so that opens up just so much opportunity. And when I deal with um, my clients, 
they all have a really deep understanding of their business, but it's not always that easy to explain through the chain that it needs to go to in a traditional software environment. Now they've got this tool where they can actually just go and try some things themselves, even if it's just kind of a lo-fi minimum viable product model that they can then show a dev and say, this is kind of what I want. And from there, build that out into something else. So, you know, something like, you know, the chat GPT evolution is giving everyone a sandbox to go and play with their ideas and see if they can, you know, unblock some things that have been blocked within their business. Definitely. And I'm curious, how how are you seeing it being used most at the moment? Is it more to, for example, optimize internal operations or are you really seeing it being used on the customer satisfaction side? It's, it's funny that, I mean, there's a range out there and I'm sure you've already come across it in the episodes that you've done so far that there's just a massive opportunity out there. Um, and when I sit down with my clients, we normally draw up a matrix and on that matrix is pretty much what you just described. It's, you know, at one end we have um, innovation and the other end we have optimization. And then we have, do you want it to be customer focused or do you want it to be internally focused? And my approach with companies is to basically just do a massive brainstorm and dump all the possible ideas and then map those along that matrix and then find out where they're most comfortable to start. And yeah, to be honest, most want to start in a low risk area. And so most start kind of internal and at the optimization level. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And as I said, you know, the people who have been running companies for a long time know where their manual bottlenecks are. And so what we do is we look at those and say, well, can they be solved with this new tool? And often they can. And and that's been, you know, fantastic to to see real change happen in business in a really quick time through it required the technology but then from our point of view didn't require a lot of effort to then move from there to the solution which is I think an incredible outcome. When you sit down with these clients of yours how do you go about starting to create that strategy and what what does a generative AI strategy actually consist of? Yeah great question and like in the end, strategies are a scary word for some people as well. So yeah, in the end, it's just a high level roadmap that we're um, trying to build that will give us a direction. And you know, I like to explain it. So if we said you know, in six months time, someone said, why are we even doing this? We could just point back to the strategy and that would give us the answer. So that's kind of the, the piece that we're, we're looking for. We just want people to kind of understand what they want and why they want it. And if we can work out those two pieces, then we can find which of the many you know, options that there are that could be fixed to work on first. And so that's kind of the first part of it. And once we kind of nailed down, you know, maybe the two or three things that they really want to attack, the next question I would ask them like, so is your company the type of company that would build something or are you more likely to buy something? And that's where the strategy diverges again. And you know, if it's a, a build path, then great. Then you know, do we have the talent in-house? Do we need to go get them? You know, what's that going to look like? Or if it's a buy strategy, it's like, well, what vendors are available? Let's start going out, interviewing them, seeing who resonates with us. And yeah, so those, those two parts then diverge and we get deeper into the actual build. But there's also things where you actually don't need to go into a whole lot of technical detail, you can find a solution. So if I take translation, for example, I can take someone's English website today, we can put it into chat GPT and they can have that in German in 30 seconds. Yeah. And 
it's not something that you need to put a lot of time or thought into. It's actually just a copy-paste exercise that you can go through. And doing something like that really opens up the eyes, particularly of management, to say, wow, that was really simple. Maybe that becomes its own manual piece in, in the end, but we can then go out and find a solution that streamlines that. But yeah, so that, that's kind of how we, we go about it. Just get things on that matrix and then work out, you know, where does your company sit in terms of its risk tolerance to, to what you want to go for first? Definitely. And I, I think that's really the most interesting thing about this technology, that it is so easy to adopt and it is so user-friendly that you can just say, tomorrow, let's, uh, you know, translate our, our website completely, you know, and just go for it. But I'm wondering, you know, you've worked with so many different clients who are adopting this technology. What are some of the biggest pitfalls that you're seeing tourism businesses succumb to when when adopting generative AI? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting question. And I think the biggest pitfall I see, and it's not actually with my clients, it's kind of with those who aren't my clients, I guess, is paralysis. It's like actually they're frozen. They see this thing happening around them. It's in the news, it's on their LinkedIn, but they haven't actually done anything. And then kind of the next step along from that is they might go and do a little thing in GPT and be underwhelmed and go, well, I don't really see what the big deal is rather than take some time and invest that into learning more about what the possibilities are and then using their incredible knowledge, nobody knows their business better than them, to work out what that might be able to do within their business. So it's kind of not doing enough, I think, is is really the, the biggest pitfall out there. And then after that, it's some people don't really um, have an idea of where they should be looking. And that's quite a difficult thing because there is so much noise out there. You will see 40 articles a day come out, which ones are relevant to you. So just you know, picking a couple of sources um, of where you get your information that fit the amount of time that you have to, to put into it. Um, and you know, with my clients, I say, let's find a two-hour block in your week and block it out right now. You know, so that you've got Thursday between two and four every week and in there it's just going to say AI. And if you can't think of what you need to be doing in that block, then let me know and I'll send you over a bunch of stuff that you can do in that two hours that will open up your eyes as to what the potential is. But that's what I'd advise basically everybody to do is just kind of set aside a block of time every week into their schedule to go and really investigate it. And the final pitfall is those that have kind of made it through all those stages and are now really thinking, what am I going to do here with my business is to not take the team along on the ride with them. So, and I've seen that happen because some of the noise around there is that AI takes people's jobs. And so, you know, if suddenly the CEO is spending all his time, oh, he's got AI in his diary for two hours, what does that mean for my job? You know, just be really transparent with your team about this is a great opportunity for all of us Actually, the biggest opportunity we have here is for me to come around and talk to you about the most manual, boring work that you hate and then finding a way for you to not have to do that anymore. And then it becomes an exciting part of your business where everyone's really on board. And so taking people along on that ride, I think, is just incredibly important and will be powerful in your business um, as you move forward. Absolutely. You know, for those listeners who are maybe hesitant still to adopt generative AI, 
Could you maybe share with us some interesting use cases that you've already seen within the tourism industry that were successful and and also maybe what what factors you you believe contributed to that success? Again, it comes back to people understanding their business and understanding where the pain has been in their business for a long time. So I spent some time in the past couple of weeks with a tour operator. They've actually been in a living hell for as long as they can remember. So their situation is they need to pick up 300 people pretty much at the same time every morning and then take them on a you know 40-kilometre ride out to the site that's near their city. That's the site everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to book on this tour. They have no problem getting customers. They've got lots of customers. So... What happens is they try and plan their pickup route the night before and then when they get in the morning, they have 50 more people that have booked overnight because it's a day tour. That's kind of how these products book. They always book late and the plan is now thrown out the window and he needs to build a new plan. So they've already told the, um, the first 250 customers who booked what time they're being picked up. Now the plan's changed. All those customers are getting picked up 25 minutes later. How do they communicate that to all their uh, customers? It's very difficult or has been very difficult. They need to work through multiple distributor extranets. Uh, some people email, some people want SMS. The whole thing's a hodgepodge. Because people don't get their message, they call. And so now the <laughs> customer service is just the phones are ringing off the hook for two and a half hours. Everyone's saying, where's my pickup? And so like, they've lived that. That's been their reality. That's just work for them, but it's incredibly stressful. But looking at that as their major problem or their major blockage in their business and causes poor customer satisfaction, being picked up late, gets the tour off to a bad start, you've got to win the customer over long. They managed to find a way that this can be solved by utilising AI. And a lot of that AI technology is actually just passing a message that the guide sends through a system which will then land that message however the customer needs to be contacted. So if they're only available via a distributor extranet, the AI will find that path through to there and land that message to them saying, hey, guide's running 15 minutes late, no need to panic, he's on his way. Customer gets that message, they feel reassured, they're not up at the concierge desk saying, where's my tour? They're not on the phone calling. And the transformation in this business is just night and day. Like, so now what's gone from a very stressful two and a half hours in the morning of constant phones ringing, knowing you can't get to every call, your guides are upset because the customers haven't been informed, has gone down to just a bunch of proactive outreach to the customers who they can see have not picked up on the call, not, they can't see a red message in their SMS. And so that's been transformational for this business, so much so that the guy um, who's the operations manager there has gone out and recommended it to his competitors because he knows they live in a living hell as well. Why wouldn't he share that when he knows he can make someone's life better? So like, that's one of the ones that really stands out for me as like a real transformation within a business that has been just so profound that their whole work life has completely changed. And another favourite I've got only because it comes up so often and I'd say you know, almost 50% of my clients have, have come to me with this same problem which is around creating bespoke itineraries. So whether they are travel agents or tour operators or DMCs, anybody who's creating bespoke itineraries for people generally has a fairly archaic process around it. So there's two bottlenecks in this process. One is 
you need to have multiple conversations with the customer to actually get the itinerary right. You very rarely just get all the information, build the itinerary, say this is it, and they say that's fantastic, let's book it. It's just a long iterative backwards and forwards email process to get that piece done. And we think there's a way that AI can play a part there where it can handle a lot of that conversation with the customer to get them to build that itinerary basically themselves by having a lot of input in and then having that itinerary generate. And then the second part of the bottleneck is around actually building out a presentation piece that you can send to that client as an offer. What I see in pretty much every business that I've um, been helping out is it's just a whole heap of copy and paste. It's like, I'll copy this bit here and I'll get this little bit of information over there and that's a nice picture, I'll pull that one in. You've got staff who are your sales team spending an hour and a half pulling together a presentation template. Like it's literally manual copy and paste when they could be selling. And like this problem was actually so prolific that I saw a business at uh, one of the conferences about a year ago where they were outsourcing this process to, to the Philippines so that you could basically hand off at that stage and have your presentation template come back to you. So this is an area where rather than having your sales staff doing it, you can just get AI to build that for you in literal seconds. You know? And so unlocking both those parts, again, is changing the dynamic within a sales team. And a lot of people are, have less people in their sales teams now since COVID, et cetera, travels up. There's a lot more inquiry coming in and businesses are just burning inquiry by not being able to get to them. So you know, it's a big problem with inside businesses that you can see there's a, a solution here that AI is going to play a massive part in solving. Definitely. And you, know, you mentioned earlier that also, one of the challenges is internally, you know, sometimes your your staff kind of gets concerned, you know, what's going to happen with my career now that there's this new technology that can cut out a lot of tasks that I often handle. How would you recommend a manager to introduce um, the idea of adopting the technology and really get those employees on board? Yeah, I'm going to steal an idea for that wasn't mine, uh, so I can, can't take any credit for it, but there's a, a business here in Australia called In Marketing We Trust, and they have a weekly competition. So Friday, you know, uh, 4.30, um, the time that you'd normally kind of uh, knock off and you know, have a chat with your colleagues, they have a little competition and they want everyone to bring the one thing that they've built with AI technology that's helped them in their work life for the week, and then they have a vote on who did the you know, came up with the craziest, best thing and that person wins a prize. And so within their business, they are building a culture that AI is okay. As a manager, I'm okay with you to explore AI. As a worker, I understand you know where your pain points are better than I do. And I want you to explore a way to go and fix those pain points using this new technology. And so you know, if a, a manager walks past someone and he sees them on ChatGPT, that's a good thing. And so in a business like that, they've just built this incredible culture that's seeing them kind of go leap and bounds ahead of everybody else because they've just got so much enthusiasm within their business for the technology. So the opposite is, you know, do it behind closed doors and only the managers can do it and whatever. That's the culture that will breed fear amongst your staff. And Maybe just as one last question, 
How big a divide do you think we'll see between the companies that are adopting this technology already and those who are more hesitant and maybe taking more time to adopt it? Yeah, look, I think there's going to be an accordion effect. I think everybody will adopt it eventually in the way that everybody has adopted the internet eventually um, or everyone's adopted mobile eventually. Some will get into it really fast and they will quickly move past everybody else and then they'll be a competitive business. And you know, when the finance and the CEO are looking at the results, they'll go, what's happening here? We, you know, we're losing market share or we haven't grown as much as we thought we might have. It won't take long to look over the fence and see that you know, the competitor has taken that by running a more efficient business by jumping into this earlier. But I do understand for you know, particularly small and medium-sized businesses whole sitting down and building strategy and that kind of stuff's, you know, almost a luxury. Some of them are so busy just getting the day-to-day done that it's really hard to look at these kind of more strategic pieces. But, you know, if you have an off-season or a slow season, then utilise that time in this area for the next one that you've got would be my advice and just get on the on the road or find the people in your business who are already passionate about it. There will be people in your business uh, and they might be surprising people, probably won't be your managers, might be further down the chain, find people who are already interested in it and give them your blessing to go and dig into that further and then help everyone else learn as well. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Tony, for sharing your great insights with us. And thank you to Singapore Tourism Board's T-Cube for supporting this podcast. If you are a tourism business and you'd like to learn more about how T-Cube can support you in your transformation journey, reach out to the team via the interest form. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. This show was produced by The Next Web. Music and sound engineering is by Devaldi Music. If you like this podcast, Check out the other episodes on how to leverage generative AI to boost revenue, plan, market, and run events, and redefine the visitor experience. I've been your host, Andrea Hack. Till the next time.